heard about Anchor, it is the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your own phone or computer. Anchor will also distribute your podcast so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more podcast platforms. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Shop.ca. For all your jersey needs, visit sidelineshop.ca. It is Saints Bucks week, and for that, I got Matt Beast. Matt, that's who. Matt Beast, 1419. Call whatever name you want. YWC Talk original. One of the OG guests of the show, Matt, is on here. And Matt, how are we feeling today as we approach week 15 of the NFL season? It's crazy that's already at week 15. We're getting down towards the uh, nitty-gritty here of the league matchups. And uh, as a Saints fan, things have been rough personally, but uh, we can get into that in a little while. But overall, we're feeling all right. Uh, end of the year is around the corner, heading into a new year. And yeah, um, here to talk some football. Always a pleasure. Thanks for having me on, Griff. No problem, anytime. Um, I was going to start because obviously, look, COVID right now, I don't know how it is in your neck of the woods up here. It's getting bad. Uh, it's getting bad, too, because leagues all over, NBA, NHL, especially the NFL, getting hit hard with it. Mm-hmm. But before I started with that, Urban Meyer's in the news again. And why? Because apparently in August, before he went to go kick, kicker Josh Lambeau said, apparently Urban went up to him, kicked him in the shin. I got to pull up the actual quote here. But it's just, uh, I'm vamping because I do my own like i do my my own work right here and i'm going huh like i said i go on the fly we go on the fly let's see gotta go look for it uh gotta sh- scrolling because it's on twitter's i've seen before so folks oh right here i got the story right here from rick stroud who who's right who writes to the buccaneers uh let's see let's see what i got it right here it was kicker, punter, long snapper, Lambo said, or shitbag, dipshit, or whatever the hell it is. The nickname, the names have been bothered Lambo with what the coach did next. Did I'm in a lunge position, left leg forward, right leg back. Lambo said, Urban. Lambo said, Urban Meyer, while I'm in a stretch position, comes up to me and says, "Hey, dipshit, make this, make your fucking kicks, kicks me in the leg." Like, why do you want to play for that guy? <laughs> Man, Urban Meyer, he is definitely an enigma <laughs> in a bad sense of the way. Um, like his name always comes up in like such bad light. And I mean, look, he, he's had success where he's been. And I mean, there's gotta be something wrong with the guy. When you see the team that he coached in Florida, he had literal people murdering people <laughs> on the team. Um, he had, uh, the whole Cam Newton stealing laptops uh, all along with one of the most religious players ever in Tim Tebow, one of the most uh, out- outgoing religious players, I guess you could say. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, Urban Meyer, he's definitely, um, he, he's definitely a name of controversy and there's always something about him. And when the hire happened, I thought it could be good, but the fact that he's always in the news for something negative It's just not looking good. And the fact that the Jaguars haven't been really any good at all this season, uh, I mean, it's it's just a matter of time at this point. I I think he finishes out the year, but I feel like Shad Khan is like he's like he's behind Urban, but then the more and more stories that come out, it's just a complete negative. 
it's there's nothing good about it. And I feel like too for this offseason, like do we really think that potential free agents that are gonna want to go there and realize, hey, do I really want to play for this like borderline maniac? I'm gonna probably lean towards no. Like, think about it. Like I know Trevor Lawrence is in there. That's the other thing too. Trevor is the like he's the complete opposite of from what we saw at Clemson for those three years. So I don't know exactly what he's going to do, but at the same time, it's just like, look, you got to look at your organization. I know he's the hot name, and I know you said, hey, we're going to get this right, but clearly it's not working out. And look, you got to nip this one in the butt before things get really bad. Yeah, I agree. And uh, it's it's a very weird situation. It'll be interesting to see how it goes. It's just another one of these great college coaches that just, doesn't necessarily pan out in the NFL. I don't know what it is. Um, it, it just doesn't happen. I know because there's a lot of the college coaches that like some of them have worked. Obviously, like Jimmy Johnson, Pete Carroll. This one yeah. to me is a lot like you. I'm going to go to the NBA. Now, I would because obviously, look, the NBA. You had Billy Donovan, who's worked out great. You would know that firsthand. But this is like the John Beeline situation in Cleveland. Remember where Beeline kind of came? Because that's I feel like Urban's kind of doing the same thing where he's going into Jacksonville trying to run it like a college team. Beeline did the same thing in Cleveland and quickly lost the locker room and I think was fired by Christmas time. So I could see something very similar here to where when Ur- if Urban Meyer's name gets called, no one's going to be shocked that he's gone. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, it'll definitely probably happen at the end of this at the end of the season. Um, it's. Very possible. And I mean, I know some organizations get a lot of flack for letting coaches go after one year, but this might be a situation where it's just got to happen. There's just too much talk. And like you said, free agents might not want to come there um, unless maybe you're an Ohio State guy. (laughs) Um, I'm sure they would probably still come because I guess they like the guy because they went and got recruited by him. So I, I mean, I don't know. It's very weird situation, but yeah, I could definitely see a new coach um, for the 2022 season for the Jaguars. Oh, 100%. I think it's just a matter of time now there. But then, obviously, we'll just get off this because, look, it's, it's Urban. I even said this, too. It's kind of funny in the NFL. You have coaches wanting to buy kneecaps off, and then you have coaches that want to kick the players in the shins. And even look at that. Like, I know the Detroit Lions are a worse team than Jacksonville, but Dan Campbell has a locker room, and they know that, look, hey, there's a plan going forward. Detroit and the Jacksonville just looks bleak. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's no, uh, there's no, it feels like the Jacksonville Jaguars just haven't really done much. And I mean, the plan with the Lions going in was, oh yeah, I mean, the expectations were, oh yeah, this is going to be a really bad team. And the Jaguars, you wanted to see some kind of growth and that just hasn't happened. And that really sucks whenever you spent uh, your first overall pick on Trevor Lawrence and, it's just not looking good for him. And I mean, I'm kind of mad at the situation because he's been kind of screwing over James Robinson, who I have in a couple of leagues. And it's not been a pleasant situation in that regards. But but yeah, it's it's something. Let's not forget, too, they drafted Travis Etienne, which as soon as they did that, I went, well, there goes James Robinson's fantasy value. Yeah. And I mean, uh, <laughs> uh, Torres uh, had the injury and been out for the season. So it, it'll be that, that's another thing to monitor next season, how Travis Etienne does next season. Exactly, exactly. Um, Just moving moving gears now, it's obviously the COVID situation in the NFL. It's, look, it's somewhere where it's getting out of hand. It's getting really bad. Like, look, Cleveland, there's so many teams that are in protected protocols. The Rams are in a bad situation. The Browns, 
because that's the thing. It's not just teams that are like, excuse me, there's a lot of teams in this protocol, but it's a lot of teams who are, look, COVID could truly make or break your season. Like last year, you could make that excuse for maybe a couple of teams, or I, I don't even think anyone. Like I know there was games moved around and stuff, but no one can truly say, hey, COVID messed up our season this year. There's a very good chance if someone misses the playoffs, like say the Cleveland Browns, COVID could kill their season. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely striking really hard right now. It's crazy how rampant it's got. And, I mean, the Browns are looking bad. And, I mean, they had the situation in the playoff game where their head coach wasn't able to be there in the playoff game against the Steelers. But, I mean, this is different. They're missing multiple players. They're missing multiple coaches. And the Saints had an issue where they had missed pretty much a majority of their coaching staff. And it it definitely hurt them really badly in the game against Carolina way earlier in the season. And, um, it's going to be a hard one for the Browns, uh, this week to overcome that. And I mean, you have all the other teams going on with it too. I mean, Washington, the Rams, as you said, it's just not a good look right now. And I mean, unfortunately it seems that things are ramping back up with COVID. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's the, that's the thing is look Cleveland right now. They play on Saturday, and all the guys that are on there, who knows if they'll be back in time. So, and even to uh, tomorrow night, because we'll go into that game now. Um, we have Cle- we have Kansas City visiting the Los Angeles Chargers, and the Chargers they're without uh, not the Chargers, the Chiefs, excuse me. They'll be without Chris Jones, which is a huge, huge thing to have because tomorrow night's game. Look, if Cleveland, because I expect Kansas City to make the playoffs, and they'll probably end up winning the division. But like, if they lose tomorrow night, it's right there for the Chargers. Yeah, I mean, this is a huge game. This is pretty much the game that could decide the division. And, I mean, both of these teams have been playing really well. And this is in a conference, too, mind you, that's been ultra competitive. Normally you see it kind of the other way around. But the AFC, it's it's been very, very, very strong, especially at the top. And uh, these teams have to fight and fight hard for this number one seed and especially fight for the division at the end of the day. But... I mean, it's it's going to be an interesting game for sure. Um, as far as what I'm thinking about the game-wise, um, the Chargers already beat the Chiefs earlier this year, and we all know Patrick Mahomes. He's a great quarterback, but this season he hadn't really had the greatest efficiency. I think his two best games have been against the Raiders. I think those are the only games where he had a rating over 100, and we've yet to see him do it against another team this season, and... That's been a major question mark. I know his O-line blocking has been better this season as they definitely tried to make that better. But um, when when you have a high-profile game like this, it's definitely something to watch out for. And if the Chargers get this, that's going to be a huge statement, getting two wins over the Chiefs who are supposed to be the alpha dogs of the NFL now. It's it's definitely going to be a slugfest. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Same. I'm looking forward to the same. I'm probably missing the first half of the uh, first half of the game tomorrow. I'm at the movies, but I feel like I don't even need to express what I'm seeing. I think, like, look for those of you <laughs> listening or for Beast. I think you know why. I'm watching on Friday night myself, so I'm excited. I'm excited too. I won't say shit. I will keep my mouth shut. But I want to go Chiefs because I'm in a spread pool and I've been burned by them so much for the last few weeks because I'm always like, they're not going to cover. They're not going to do this. And so far this year. Because here's the thing with them. I know Mahomes, look, he said, I want to see, I finally want to see him have that game. You know, that game where everyone goes, okay, Pat, that's Patrick. He hasn't had, mm-hmm. he, like, besides the Raiders, which, look, the two times he's played the Raiders this year 
have been so the Raiders have been through so much shit this year off field. Yes. That I feel like that's just killing their season because like I'm just like, okay, that's a strong locker room considering the John Gruden situation, considering the horrible situation involving Henry Ruggs. Like that locker room is on its own. Like, okay, look, I know there's a lot of bad decision making in there, but at the same like internally, but the fact that there's all the external drama for that organization is just great to see that they're still like you know in they're in they're in a spot like they're six and seven i still think if you're six and seven you're gonna like to hear this i still think you're in the playoff like you're in the hunt in both conferences yeah especially in the nfc because man um there's so many teams that are six and seven right now it's just it's crazy how uh competitive this league has been so far this season and it's definitely one to watch out for, especially as things are getting towards the end of the season. Um, this is kind of where the teams have to go out and win these must-win games and kind of separate themselves and for playoff position. And uh, this is definitely one of those games that's going to be important. Exactly. But then when it comes to this game, though, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go Chiefs just because I feel like at this time of the year. The teams that are best, they know what it takes to win at this time of the year. I feel like the Chargers, they're a good team. They're eight and five this year. They're already better than last year by a win. They finished seven and nine last year after being three and nine at this time last year. Um, but in when it all said and done, look, I, I'm gonna go with what I know, and what I know is that the Kansas City Chiefs can play winning football at this time of the year. I'm gonna go Chiefs twenty-eight to twenty-one. Twenty-eight to twenty-one, Chiefs. And you know what? I'm gonna go. With the upset, I'm going to take the Chargers to beat the Chiefs. Um, there, there's something about this Chargers team that I really like, and um, they've been a team that people have been trying to predict on and on again, and I'm probably going to regret picking the Chargers here because it's hard to bet. I mean, I know Patrick Mahomes hasn't had an amazing season, which I, which I mean, he's still putting up numbers, which is crazy to see because that's how high of expectations everyone has on the guy. Um, that's just how good he is. And the fact that he's having a down year in his standards says a lot for <clears throat> how good he actually is. But um, I, I kind of want to see the Chargers make that step up and see if they can do it. And um, I, I'm going to put my faith in them. And if they shoot down my faith, I will not be surprised. But that's what I'm going to go with. I can see it being a toss-up. That's why I did a touchdown scoreline. Like you know, I just I can see this game going either way, but I'm just go, I'm just going with what I trust more. Um, but this week, as I switch gears, look, I know college football bowl season is starting, I believe, Friday. But let's be real, none of the big bowls are going to be happening until at least after Christmas. You can watch these games, bet on these games if you if you really want to, if you really want to act like a degenerate. But we have Saturday NFL football for the next two weeks in a row. And for the ne- those next two weeks, we have four, I'm going to say, fairly solid games. Now, I know earlier we talked about Cleveland and how they're in the COVID protocol. But this game between Cleveland and Vegas is truly, I, I'm going to call it a loser-leaves-town kind of game. I feel like whoever loses this game, your playoff hopes are just going to go down the drain. Like, But like just because of where both teams stand right now. But I feel like the Raiders need to win more than the Browns. Oh, yeah, I definitely agree. And the fact that the Browns are just going through so much right now, I don't know of a way they can win. Um, it's going to be hard. They're down so many people. And, I mean, just off the top of the head, the head coach, offensive coordinator, Baker Mayfield, Jarvis Landry, Austin Hooper, the list just continues to grow every day, it seems, for them. And I don't know how they're going to go out and field a competitive game against the Raiders right now. And I know the Raiders – um, they've had their issues this season too. Um, I don't, I, I don't know. Is Darren Waller playing this game or not? I know he's been out lately. Um, 
I have to look that up real quick, see if he's been practicing. How's that's been going for him? Um, he's a do not participate. So it seems like he's not going to play, but Hunter Renfro, to his credit, that man has been stepping up. I think he's like number 12 in PPR formats and fantasy, which is crazy. This guy's just been getting peppered with targets. I mean, the whole Henry Rugg situation and Darren Waller being hurt definitely helped that. Um, but with the Browns in such dismay right now, I, I got to go with the Raiders to win this one. I'm I'm going with the Raiders. I'm just they're due for a bounce back. They're due to you know finally get that win. Obviously, the Raiders are such a weird team because like they had that amazing game on Thanksgiving where they handled the Dallas Cowboys with ease, but then ever since then been kind of wonky. Obviously, they got killed by the the uh, the Chiefs last week, and then they barely lost the football team. But if you look at Hunter Renfro since the their bye week, fourteen points, fourteen points, five points, seventeen, fourteen. And then 22 in the game where they lost nine, where they only put up nine points. Hunter Renfro had 13 receptions for 117 yards with a touchdown and a fumble loss. Now, obviously, that sucks, but like, look, he's a guy that stepped up huge for them. And if they're going to want to make a playoff push right here, because look, they're six and seven right now, and the Mm -hmm. Browns are seven and six. So you go to seven and seven, that just catapults you significantly because the Browns right now are that team that are just on the outside looking just on the outside looking in. but And also, I, my one big question for you, though, is, so the over-under right now sits at 38-and-a-half. Does it go over? Uh, With the way the Browns are, I don't think so. They're going to try and run the ball a lot, which, I mean, the Raiders don't have, like, an amazing run defense or anything. But I don't really see points being scored in this kind of game. Um, if the Browns have any shot of winning – it's going to, have to be a low-scoring game, and I think they're going to be able to keep it kind of low-scoring, but there's going to be issues um, with, where that offense is not going to be able to put up points, and the Raiders are probably going to take away at some point, but I think it's going to be under that. Yeah, 38 and a half. I'm gonna, I, I think i got to go under, too. I'm going to go, like, nitty-gritty, like a 16 to 10 ball game, like, you know, where – a lot of the times the defenses stop on third down and it's a lot of, it's like there's a couple touchdowns, but I think this could be a lot of field goal kind of football. So for the first game there, it's like, don't nothing to look forward to. Now they could surprise us, but I remember the last time Case Keenum started for Baker Mayfield, it was that Thursday night game against the Denver Broncos. And obviously I know the Broncos have a better defense than the Raiders, but I just got to pull up the score right here. The score was only 17 to 14. So that's my, that's my big argument. There you go. So I guess we're both going Raiders there. I know Danny also has been on the Raiders all week. I've been him and I have been DMing each other about that uh, ever since I noticed the Browns going down. I'm just like, man, go Raiders money line. Um, then the second game, which also I, I don't want to say this one has playoff implications because both teams, I feel like there's a very good chance both make it in. But there's a lot on the line when it comes to seeding for this one. And that is the Patriots going to the Colts to play. And I'm going to say this right now. Having the Patriots be a plus money is something that I think Vegas might regret. Hmm. I mean, maybe so. Um, just to go off on a quick tangent again about the Patriots, um, I'm, I'm going to say I'm really impressed by what the Patriots did this offseason. Um, if I had to have a model for the Saints to go after this offseason, it'd be what the Patriots did. Maybe not draft a young quarterback. Maybe they have to find another quarterback in another way. Maybe Jameis comes back. I'm not sure, but I, I'll get to that later. The, the the way the Patriots went out and said, oh, uh, our weapons are very deficient. 
They went out. They didn't sign these just world beater talents. They they got a whole bunch of really just solid players, and they built their team around that on offense to make their offense better. And they they got um, a complimentary offense around Mac Jones, something that works. And they go behind their defense, which is a great defense and does many good things. And that is definitely a formula of success. Um, I know they kind of started off a little slow, but they've been killing it ever since. And now they, now they're sitting here number one in the AFC. I did not expect that going into the season. Um, if you had asked me that, um, I would have said maybe like a six through five seed or somewhere around there, but not number one. So I must say I'm thoroughly impressed by your Patriots Griff. Um, as far as this game, like you said, yes, it is very important. The Colts are trying really hard to stay in that playoff hunt. They're sitting at seven and six, uh, two games behind the Titans. So this almost seems like a must-win game for them. And I, I don't know, man. Um, the Colts, just because it's a must-win game, I might go with the Colts because sometimes those teams that have to win they, these games end up winning. And Right now, the Patriots, I don't think they absolutely need this game since there's two games up in the division right now over the Bills. Um, so I'm going to end up going with the Colts on this one myself. Um, This game to me is going to – and I appreciate all the words because, look, the, when you look at who they sign and what their production they're getting, it's just – it's laughable. And also, they backloaded so many of those contracts so that they have a window to succeed over the next four to five years. Um, For this game, though, this – and this is going to sound really weird – this game to me is offensive line porn. This game <laughs> is truly going to come down to, because look, I think these are the two best offensive lines in football, New England and Indy. Indy has Quentin Nelson. You have Ryan Kelly. Um, mm-hmm. I want to say, who's one of the other guys' names? Uh, Glenn, something like Glenski or something like that. Um, but you just have solid pieces all over the Patriots. You have Trent Brown, David Andrews, Ted Karras, Michael Owenu, Shaq Mason, Isaiah Wynn. Um, this game, I think, truly one of the big factors, too, as well, because, you know, the Patriots are so good at taking away the best part. Mm-hmm. How? What's the answer for Jonathan Taylor? Because Jonathan Taylor has been a monster this year. And if I'm looking at Fantasy 2022... I don't think there's an excuse that he's a top five pick next year, no matter unless you're in a dynasty league. Like I know you are, but if you have Jonathan Taylor in a dynasty league, you hold on to him for dear life. <laughs> but even still, this game too, both sides of both weapons they can throw to the Patriots have obviously Kendrick Bourne, Aguilar, Myers, Henry Smith, and then you got our boy Michael Pittman Jr. with the Colts, um, a yes, tight end sir. who I've actually really liked, who's have uh, come out this year. Uh, Mo Ali Cox has been looking pretty solid for them. Jack Doyle can make plays. Obviously, we talked about Jonathan Taylor with Damian Harris on the Patriots side of the ball. Um, the other the other guy I was going to talk about as well is, I know we always rag on him for his injuries and stuff, but man, when you need T.Y. Helton to get something done, he's he's pretty reliable. Yeah, I mean, he, he's towards the end of his career. It's definitely more of the Michael Pittman show as far as the wide receivers go. And yes, Jonathan Taylor has been an absolute certified stud. That man... He, he might win Offensive Player of the Year this year. Um, it's very possible the way he's been going and the numbers he's been putting up and just how he's been carrying this team. Um, you normally see something like Derrick Henry doing that, but this time it's Jonathan Taylor in the same division just doing work for this team. Um, and their defense has been solid. They've been able to keep up, and 
it's mainly just because they just really need to win this game. And like I said earlier, it's it always seems to work out for some teams, and so that way they can stay in the hunt. And I think it's going to go that way with the Colts. And especially when you look at the other seven and six teams, I mean, you got the Browns who are probably going to lose this week against the Bengals as we went with. And then you have the Bengals and the Broncos facing each other. So um, they're kind of hurting up on each other. And those are the teams kind of looking in. So the Colts, if they can get a win, that's definitely going to help them as far as their playoff aspirations. Exactly. Because it's getting easier for the Colts because obviously they play the Arizona Cardinals on Christmas night next week on Saturday. But for this game, look, I'm going with the Patriots, but I'm going to say close. Like I can see this being a field goal or like comes down to the very wire kind of football game. Oh, yeah, it's going to be a uh, a very rough one. The only thing we're missing is Tom Brady and Peyton Manning. Exactly, exactly. And plus, too, uh, with these two Saturday games, once they got announced, I always once I looked at the schedule of possible games that could be in this slot, I saw a bunch of them. I'm like, no, but I saw these two, and I'm like, yeah, these definitely could be the two that will be on the Saturday night. Yep, and it turns out that they're both really pretty good teams and definitely going to be an important game, so that's good to see. Exactly. And now moving on to Sunday slate, um, we have the Bills and the Panthers, which oh, there's not a lot to say about this game. It's just like, uh, what's it called? I don't even like this. These are games to look at. And I'm like, I want to expect Buffalo to bounce back because, look, they had the loss to New England world was just ugly. And then they had the really bad ending at this game. But. This that ten and a half spread, I feel like they can cover it, but at the same time, too, I'm like, is that a trap? Like, I'm I'm still trying to figure out this Bills team. Yeah, that might be a uh, a bit much, and yeah, the Bills have been a team that's been kind of hard to figure out because I mean, they're sitting here at seven and six, kind of middle of the road in the playoff hunt. Um, they've had some mad games here and there. Um, I know they were having a hard time headed into New Orleans, and then they had a get-right game where they completely embarrassed us on Thanksgiving, which I, I saw coming. I knew it was going to happen. Um, and now they're playing the Panthers, another lowly team in the NFC South. And maybe Sam Darnold plays this game. I don't know. Uh, I don't know what the the Panthers are doing at quarterback at this, at this point. It's just I don't know what they're doing. I know Cam Newton, he came back and was pretty bad. Um, <laughs> had his moment in the sun. Yeah, I had his moment where he was back for a minute, and then he went. He got benched two weeks in a row. So you imagine they probably go back to Sam Darnold as soon as possible just because they spent the draft equity on them. And the bad thing about the Panthers is earlier this season, they were, like, going in. Like, they're, they're putting their chips on the table. And now they've given up draft picks and draft equity, and uh, it, it just seems like the – front office thought that this team might have a shot at contending in the playoffs. And it just didn't happen that way. As they sit here in five at five and eight, probably going to lose to the bills and end up at five and nine. So you have to wonder what their front office is going to be thinking, uh, going into the off season. You, you know what? That's, that's my whole thing right now. Like Carolina, I don't know what to figure out with them. Like the Joe Brady thing, even too, how they just like randomly fired him. And even they slid that in. So like, like just what's it called they just completely like slipped that under the door where it was just like yeah like right as the one o'clock start like slate was starting I was like, yeah by the way joe brady's fired um <laughs> i honestly you know how every year there's always that one coach that gets canned that like we are not expecting mm-hmm. 
I wouldn't be shocked if that's Matt Rule this year. I know he's been there for two years, but like, look, Carolina, they were looking good. Remember they had that 3-0 start, but then some people were like, I don't know about them. But then they're showing their true colors now. And since going 3-0, they've gone 2-8. and Yeah, and I mean, um, if I remember correctly, their schedule was so light at the beginning of the year because they played the Saints, who had all those COVID problems I talked about earlier. They yes, also played Texans. the yeah, they played the Jets and the Texans, and we know what those two teams have been looking like lately. And uh, they just were able to get off on easy teams and create this illusion of oh, they're going to be contenders. And their next couple games, I mean, they played Tom Brady and the Bucks twice. And I mean, that second game on January 9th, the Bucks might not even be fielding their might might be fielding all second teamers at that point, but. Who knows? Um, and then they have the matchup against the Saints, which is going to be important for the Saints to win that um, if they want any shot at doing anything and to, to get into the postseason. But look, looking very bleak. But anyways, yeah, that's that's the Panthers for you. Um, I, I got the Bills on that one. I, I I got the I think this is a get right game for the Buffalo Bills. You know, because Buffalo obviously they played New England a week ago, then they had Tampa. They lost. Josh Allen lost two in, a, two in a row for the first time in a while, I think. But when it comes to a game like this, it's just I can see this being a get-right game for the Bills, you know, to give them a little confidence because they do go into New England next week. I do still expect the Bills to be in there come Jan- come January. They're going to be playing football. I don't think it's like, oh, can the Bills miss? I think the Bills would have to lose out, which if they go 7-10, and 10, that's a that's a bad problem to go from 7-4 yeah. to 7-10. and 10, But I doubt that happens. Yeah, there's um, no way since they play the Panthers, you guys, the Falcons, and the Jets. There's, They have to win three of those games for sure. And if, if they lose any of those three games that they that are just should be chalk, then you can really start asking the questions about what's wrong with the Buffalo. Exactly. 100%. But no, I'm, I'm still going to go Bills here. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take them to cover, but I'm going to go like, you know, Let's say twenty-seven to thirteen. That kind of score sounds good. I'm not even going to try to guess scores because that is definitely not my thing. But sounds good to me. <laughs> I like to do it for fun. Um, and then this one's just straight up ugly. It's Houston and Jacksonville. I'm I, I was going to go Jacksonville, but after the whole shin kicking bullshit, I'm I'm going Texans. I'm, I know the Texans suck, and they're actively losing. Like I think they've kind of admitted, look, we're going to start tanking. But after the whole crap that came down Jacksonville today, I'm like, look, I'm going, I'm going, I'm going Houston. I mean, if they lose to Houston, Urban Meyer might get fired the next day. <laughs> but I mean, wow, these are just two super bottom barrel teams. Uh, uh, they're probably the worst out of the AFC, if I'm not mistaken, um, record wise. But yeah, um, not much to say about this one. I'm just gonna get us. I- I'll ride with you and say Texans and. Yeah, that's all I got to say on that one. <laughs> you, you know what this game, to me, uh, says? What's that? Showing on red zone, like, twice. Uh, if that. <laughs> maybe just <laughs> maybe just one of those where, hey, just, just so you know, for fantasy purposes, this guy scored a touchdown. <laughs> oh, exactly. Uh, yeah. Exactly. Um Moving on next, uh, Tennessee at Pittsburgh. A sneaky good game in the 1 o'clock window. Both teams need a win. Um, I After the Steelers, that was a crazy game last Thursday. And I thought it was going to be boring, but it ended up being good. Uh, I also don't know if you know this or not, but I had Pittsburgh to cover the spread. 
and I was a Pat Fryermuth hand length away from them covering the spread because if they had gone for if they had gone for two and missed, I would have been happy. <laughs> wow, that would have been crazy to see. But yeah, I mean, the Steelers are definitely in a weird situation at this point. I mean, next season, obviously, Big Ben is most likely gone. And uh, the Titans, they're sitting here at 9-4 and four without Derrick Henry. Um, they should be getting A.J. Brown back really soon. And they've been dealing with a lot of injuries, and they've still been just riding along, coasting along, sitting here at 9-4 and four now. Um, <clears throat> as far as this game, I think I'm just going to go with the Titans to get this win. Um, Steelers' defense has been good. I mean, T.J. Watt, he's having a uh, defensive player of the year type season. Um, but at the end of the day, I think the Titans, they're going to figure out a way to get it done as they have been. And I mean, over the past couple of weeks, they haven't looked as good. I mean, they did, they had the stinker against your Pats. Uh, they lost to the Texans of all people, but they did maybe have a get right game against the Jags where they just destroyed them last week. And, uh, let's just see if they can ride it out. Um, their next couple games aren't too crazy, so they should be able to kind of, keep ship especially when aj brown comes back you you know what i completely agree with you on uh i completely agree with you on that i think this is look this is just one of those get right games for a tennessee you know i know obviously they beat jacksonville last week but i feel like this is the game where they can really you know clamp their their um basically what's the words i was gonna say one of those games you know where they can kind of come out and show their footprint um like I said, I had Pittsburgh at the beginning of the year missing the playoffs. <clears throat> I'm all over the place. Um, I do think Big Ben's retired. He is the first ballot Hall of Famer, though. I know there's a lot of the younger generation that's saying, oh, what are you talking about? No, he's not. I'm like, no, Ben's won two Super Bowls. Went to an AFC Championship game as a rookie. He's he's like, I think, I think he's top five all time for wins as a quarterback. So there's a lot of stats for him that, look, he's going to get into Canton. But it's just, look, the wheels are falling off towards the end of his career. And it is what it is. But I just think the Steelers this year, it's going to be in that same – the Steelers and the Saints are in that same situation where they don't need to rebuild. They just need to, like, you know, tinker with a couple of things, and then hopefully they can get right going forward. Yeah, and definitely both of the teams are going to be question marks around quarterback. That's going to be a big thing next season for some of these teams is who's going to be their quarterback going into the next season. Exactly, and questionable on uh, Netflix shows about certain coaches. Um, that's more Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I watched that being like, I, I, I'm i going to talk about that. I watched that being like, th- this isn't real. Like, it, it was like, it was like, it was a joke. Uh, I, I mean, Sean Payton wasn't at, at a, it was non-COVID related, a non-COVID related illness. So not to joke about that, but um, yeah, um, I think he was sick from watching the trailer of that. Because <laughs> I know Probably. I was. Oh, yeah, it's just it's just bad on bad. Um, but yeah, we're both going Titans here, and then I think we're going to both do the same for the next game. Arizona Cardinals visiting Detroit. Um, I know Arizona lost to uh, to lost to LA, and they now the Packers are in the one seed. But look, I think Arizona is still a really good football team. But I think that once they get into the playoffs, they're going to get humbled by someone. Now I'm not saying they're going to get killed, but I'm just going to say they're you're going to see their if they have to play the Tampa Bay Buccaneers or if they have to play. Someone they're they're gonna be there's a bit of tough sledding ahead, but I feel like they've established a foundation in Arizona that's gonna last them for the next look. They have a quarterback for the next ten to fifteen years. Oh yeah, I mean Kyler Murray's been fantastic this season. I mean 
he had a couple questionable moments in the Rams game, of course. But I mean, this guy, he's gone out there and he's put up some good numbers week in and week out. And uh, this team's been through some adversity. And I know Kyler Murray's been out a couple games. And um, when he's out there, he's been amazing. And this team kept coasting without him, too. And that says a lot about what this team has going for it. Um, a lot of good weapons around him. I know DeAndre Hopkins, the news came out where he's pretty much out until probably the playoffs are hoping to get him back for the playoffs. Um, that's going to be a big missing piece for them. But, you know, I, I, I could see him. Um, they might end up losing a couple games after this one. They'll probably beat the Lions. I know the Lions are also in COVID protocol, but that really shouldn't matter with the Lions. Um, but, yeah, I know they have games up against the Colts and the Cowboys in the next couple weeks. So there's going to be some big tests for them as they try to get right for the playoffs. Um, but, yeah, we'll just see how it goes for the Cardinals. I mean, Cliff Kingsbury, he's been a Coach of the Year candidate this season. Um, the team's been doing well. They're making the strides you'd like them to see after last season. But, yeah, Cardinals been looking good. But I could definitely agree with you. Um, sometimes when these new teams get into the playoffs that haven't been there or have a new regime and have are like a fresher team in the playoffs, sometimes they just have a hard time breaking that mold and – I mean, you kind of saw that with the Ravens and Lamar Jackson. It took them a while to get their first playoff win. So it could be the same situation. I I completely agree. But I think that when we go back to this game, though, Cardinals. Cardinals are perfect on the road this year. They're seven. I want to say seven and oh. Yeah, they've been. They haven't lost on the road. And I think you're right on the seven and oh thing. But yeah, it's crazy to see. Yeah, but yeah they're seven and oh. And, and then they um one game on there. They they actually have a pretty tough uh what's it called um as it's um what was the words i'm looking for they have the lions but after this they have the colts the cowboys mm-hmm. and the seahawks and the seahawks are looking to play spoiler for some teams but um so we're gonna see what they're truly made of down the stretch but i look at their record of 10 and 3 i can see i think at worst they go 12 and 5 yeah, I mean, I, I could agree with that for sure. 12, 12 and 5 is probably their floor right now. Which isn't bad considering last year they were 6 and 3 at one point and they finished 8 and 8. Mm-hmm. Definitely an improvement. Uh, definitely what you want to see if you're a Cardinals fan. The next one on here is uh, also I'm going to the Cardinals to cover 13 points in the spread. Um, next game, we've got, I'm going to call this the y, one of the YWC football talk bowl games as we've got. <laughs> Big Rats Dolphins hosting Danny's Jets. I don't know if you saw the photo on Twitter today. Oh, the yeah. two of them, the two of them went to the game in 2015 together. I'm gonna say this about this game: give me a Miami win, but a Jet cover. Man, uh, my Saints played the Jets last week, and I don't know if they're gonna get the Jets are getting any help better um, or getting help back because they're missing Corey Davis, they're missing Elijah Moore. Um, that offense looks really bad i'm sorry danny but um it it was bad and i mean i know the saints have a pretty solid defense but uh man that was that was not good um (laughs) that's all i really have to say about it and i mean granted the jets they were depleted as i said they uh were going up against a depleted team and I, i know what it's like to have a depleted team and you can't really field out your best effort out there and the saints just went out there and took care of business um, but as far as this Miami game, I agree with you. I think the Dolphins are just going to win. 
Um, if I'm not mistaken, I think the Dolphins have been kind of on a winning streak as of late. They might have just lost one recently, but for the most part, they've been playing some decent football towards the end of the stretch. Um, yeah, because they beat the Giants. Five-game winning the streak. Panthers. Um, yeah, five-game winning streak for the Dolphins. Um, very, very good. I mean, they're sitting here at, uh, what, six wins right now, and the fact that they've won five in a row, that's impressive. I got I to gotta give them that. Um they, they can go ahead. They were one and seven, and now they're six and seven. So they've yeah. really they've really turned their season around. Yeah, you have to give props to that. I mean, when your team's sitting there staring at one and seven, it's probably really easy to give up. And the fact that they gutted it through and ended up at six and seven, that I got to give them props for that. I I do too. I literally have to give them props for that because of the job they've done. I just feel like with them, like. And they're, one of their tests have already come. Because, look, they took care of the, the Ravens on Thursday Night Football. Um, but next week they have your Saints, which is a game I'm looking to see. Because that game right there, for both sides of the spectrum, could eliminate one team from the playoff. And then they have the Dolphins and the Patriots. So after this is a game I feel like they have to get. Now I know, look, you, we talked the Jets. The Jets haven't looked good. Um, I think Jet fans have come to kind of grips of, like, what their team is this season. That's kind of like, okay, they just want to see Zach look good throughout these last four games. But yeah. when I look at the spectrum for the Dolphins, the way I look at it, look at it is, is you've got to get this one game because you have a Saints team that's right in the thick of things. You have the Titans that are competing for the number one spot, and then you have the Patriots competing for the number one spot. So I feel like the Dolphins' floor from a six and seven record is seven and ten, but their mm-hmm. ceiling is I want to say nine and eight. Yeah, because, I mean, look, the the Saints game could go either way for either of them. That's going to be, like you said, a very important game for playoff positioning on both sides of the ball. So it's a winnable game for either team, honestly. Um, And then the Titans and Patriots game are going to be very hard. But I I could see them stealing one of of them away um, from one of the teams. I don't know who it could be. I know the Dolphins have a history with the Patriots of upsetting them sometimes, but... We'll see how their end of their season goes, but uh, <clears throat> props to them so far. And as far as this game goes, uh, I don't think it'll really even be. I, I mean, it is a divisional game, so it could be closer than what you think. But it'll probably be like a ten-point game, maybe. I'd say the, sp- the spread is ten. That's why I said Jets to cover, but Dolphins to win. Okay, yeah, makes sense to me. And last time they played too, the Jets only lost by seven. So I'm just want to throw that out there. Um, Dallas to the Giants. I don't have really much to say about this. It's just, look, the the Giants clearly need changes at management and potentially coach, but I, I got to go Dallas here for as much as I hate to admit it. I think this is just a game where, look, if you're Dallas, you have to roll over opponents in here because you have to not only build confidence up within, you got to make sure that people around you, including people like Stephen A. Smith, who hate the Cowboys, are confident in you that you can potentially win in January. Now, I know it's a time-honored tradition. How about them Cowboys losing in January? But I'll say this. The NFL, I think, is a better place when the Cowboys are winning because they're one of those marquee, iconic franchises in the NFL. So that being said, look, I'm going to go with the Cowboys to win big here against the Giants. But every time I say that, Giants usually either win the game or at least cover. Yeah, I mean, earlier in the year, I know the Cowboys kind of shellacked them a little bit, 44 to 20. Um, And the Cowboys have been playing really close games as of late. I mean, they got 
since the Falcons game on the 14th of November where they just slacked them by 40, they lost to the Chiefs by 10, lost to the Raiders in overtime by 3, uh, beat the Saints pretty handily by about 10. I wouldn't even say it was a close game. The score looks a little closer than what I feel like the game looked like, but not not a blowout game like these people want to see the Cowboys with. And then they uh, kind of skated by against Washington by a touchdown. So, um uh, like you said, a lot of people want to see the Cowboys go out here and destroy the Giants. And could it happen? Yeah. Could it also not happen? Probably not. I mean, it, it could probably not happen. So at the end of the day, the Cowboys are going to win. Um, whether it's close or not, that's what you're going to have to wait and see on. Um, I think I'm going to stick with the trend. I'm going to say it's going to be a close game at the end of the day, but uh, got the Cowboys to win. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm I'm still going to Dallas to win, but it, w- it wouldn't shock me if the Giants made it close just because it is the divisional football factor. But at the same time, too, it wouldn't shock me either if the uh, if the Dallas Cowboys killed them. That's that's just that's just divisional football in a nutshell. It's either close or it's a blowout. And I don't. There's no real in between. There's no games where it's like, eh, you know what? It was good for both teams. It happens sometimes, but a lot of the times it's usually close or a blowout. I agree. And then this next one right here, Philadelphia and the football team. Man, Philadelphia has been a surprise team this year. And the football team, I feel like the football team is like the Giants because you know how when Daniel Jones makes mistakes, we're on him so hard. But I feel like if Taylor Heineke does it, it's like, oh, you know, it's it's Heineke. He'll just do it. He'll it's just him being him. Like, I feel like that's how this situation is assessed with this team. But this game right here, too, this game is huge. And the Washington football team schedule, too. It's literally Dallas, Philly, Dallas, Philly, Watt, New York. Mm -hmm. So they literally control their own destiny. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, they're sitting here right now. The way the tiebreakers all fall out, they're number seven. So they ha- they would be in the playoffs today if the playoffs started today. But unfortunately for them, the playoffs do not start today. And they are one of those six and seven teams. There's five of them right now in the NFC. There's them, the Vikings, Eagles, Falcons, and Saints. And this is one of those games where two of them are pretty much facing off. And this could be a huge deciding factor in who stays in the hunt? Because um, whoever loses this, it's going to be hard. Uh, once you get to eight losses, especially nine, I, I feel like you're done. Um, but, yeah, this is going to be a huge game. Um, and, I mean, they're both they're both middle of the road. Both six I know, and seven. I, both six and seven. I know uh, Jalen Hurts is dealing with an ankle injury right now, so that could be something to watch out for because that could affect them uh, very much so. Um, <clears throat> um, but, yeah, the the fact that they face each other again in, in another week is another big thing for them. Um, it's pretty much just going to be NFC East football all around, pretty much. Um, that's just all it is towards the end of the schedule, which is weird. Um, sh- should give the Cowboys a little bit of a leg up in some ways in some of their games. But, yeah, um, if I had to give a prediction, I'll probably say I will take uh, Washington to win this one. I'm not very confident in that, but I wouldn't be confident saying the Eagles are going to win either because I really don't have any way of knowing how this is going to go. But uh, if I was Washington, I would lean on Antonio Gibson and try and uh, let Tyler Heine- Heineke not make a lot of mistakes. But as you said earlier, um, it seems like they just say, oh, it's just Taylor Heineke. And I mean, I guess it's mainly just because the investment in the guy is nowhere near what the investment was for Daniel Jones. But, yeah, I'm going to take Washington here um, very reluctantly. 
I, I'm I'm going Phil. I feel like I'm playing it safe with a lot of these picks because I'm feel like I'm I'm afraid to expand and go outside the box. Um, I want to go. Well, I want to go football team because I feel like picking Philly is like the safe bet. But at the same time, too, I feel like this is Washington. Like when they always have those games, you know, where it's like no one expects them to win, and then they win. Like, look, they did it against they. Did they beat the Seahawks? I want to say they beat the Seahawks. I know they beat the Raiders. Mm-hmm. And then they beat the they beat the Bucks. So that, I think that's what the football team does. They just I, I gotta go research for this for myself. Uh, the uh, yes, they did. They beat them fifteen to seventeen in a very fun game. So that's the thing with this game where I, I I'm gonna go football team just because I feel like look, this is a time of year where the wacky and the unexpected happens. And that's also been the narrative for this NFL season. It's just been really all over the place. Yeah, I agree. And I mean. They've been playing some pretty good football as of late. Um, since Even the Buccaneers win, yeah, since the Buccaneers win, they uh, beat the Panthers. Uh, they beat the Seahawks, as you mentioned. They beat the Raiders, and these have been all really close games too. Um, one, two, two weeks in a row, they won seventeen to fifteen. That is weird. Um, and then they beat the Cowboys, or no, the Cowboys beat them by seven in a close game. And now they have some NFC East football against some well-known opponents. So this is definitely going to be something to watch out for. And the fact that they have a good head coach is something I'm going to put a lot of stock into as well. I'm the exact same way. Like, look, if they get a quarterback, I feel like because this year, um, this is a quarterback class. It's not that good. But if you can get a guy in there and develop him, this team has a window. And they still have a lot of young pieces. Look, you have... Jonathan Allen, you have Chase Young, you have Deron Payne on the defensive side. Cole Holcomb, too, at a pick six last week. Um, you have Antonio Gibson. You have Terry McLaurin. Uh, Logan Thomas, obviously, I know. He's been having a great year, and then he tore his ACL. Um, Washington's becoming – they've done a complete 180 from where they were in 2019 and now. Like, they, they're like a franchise. Like, look, I think people are going to want to start to play for. And then there's all these teams for a while that were, like, the definition of mediocre that are relevant again. Yeah, for sure. I mean, they had that whole investigation kind of leaning over them, which is uh, definitely a dark cloud, but I won't really get into that. But, uh, yeah, th- th- they're on the come up in terms of a uh, what they're fielding out on the field on a week-by-week basis. There's one thing I got to say about that. I feel like they're just – the NFL do- – that's, that's just something the NFL didn't want to get, doesn't want out, and I feel like they threw John Gruden under the bus to, like, alleviate the air from that. But mm-hmm. – there's just certain situations I feel like eventually it's going to like it, it stuff's going to come out about that. And I feel like a lot of people aren't going to be ready for what's what's announced. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, we're on to the four Oh five slot and uh, let's just try to do some rapid fire for these uh, 49ers Falcons. The Falcons are weirdly in the playoff hunt still, but I feel like this is one of those games where their dreams get crushed. Yeah, I agree. I think the 49ers are going to take care of business against the Falcons. Um, The Falcons just don't really have a lot of firepower right now. And, I mean, it's been a weird way the things have gone with Calvin Ridley, and it's pretty much the Cordell Patterson and Kyle Pitts show. And I think the 49ers are going to go in and take care of business against them. Yeah, I'm the same way. I know this game is in San Francisco, but, look, I think – Atlanta's a young team. They're, it's just one of those things, you know, where you're like, 
you want to you think hey like are they good are they good but then like you look at san francisco and san francisco healthy is a legitimate playoff contender yeah exactly look i know running back's been a bit of an issue for them but debo samuels looked great for them this year george kittle's looking like george kittle again and trent williams is a dog on that offensive line I was uh, very happy about George Kittle. I traded uh, TJ Hawkinson and Saquon for Kamara and Kittle, and they pretty much got me a fantasy uh, playoff buy. So I was very excited about that one. And George Kittle went off too. So props to him. Yes, I just wanted to skip over this one game because I know because we can talk about this one for a bit. And it's uh, Denver at Cincinnati going to Denver. This right here is another game I'm going to call loser leaves town. I think whoever loses this, their playoff hit goes from like 60% to like 30%. You know, whoever wins this, it's just, it's going to be a huge win. I'm going though. I know Denver's like that attractive pick. I'm I'm going, I think I got to go Bengals with this one. Because like this is the one thing with the Bengals that I was worried about going into the year. Their defense has looked pretty good throughout the season. Yeah, I mean the Bengals, they're they're definitely an attractive team to watch out for. And I mean both of these teams have really hard some hard games coming up. I know the Broncos have to play the Chargers and the Chiefs. Uh the Bengals also have to play the Chiefs, but then they play then they also play the Ravens and the Browns. These are some tough matchups, man. And uh it's gonna be a hard road for either of them. It's gonna be really hard. Um, but in terms of this game, you know what? I'm probably going to join you on that train. I'm going to go with the Bengals. I just really like this team. Joe Burrow is a, he's, he's probably up there for a comeback player of the year. Him and Dak, um, would be the main two names for that consideration. And I mean, this offense has looked great. Jamar Chase has been a beast. T Higgins is good. Joe Mixon has been a really good running back this season. Um, but at the end of the day, I think I got to go with, uh, Joey B. Sam, I got to go Joey B because when it comes down, it's if it comes down to which quarterback can go out there and make plays to win their team the game, I trust Joe Burrow a lot more than I trust, trust Teddy Bridgewater. I'm not going to hate on my guy Teddy Bridgewater. I'd kind of like to have him on the Saints, but, I mean, there's not much you can do with the weapons we have on there So compared to what the Broncos have. But, uh, but, but yeah, I kind of agree with you there too. Yeah. Um, Rams at 49ers. I'm going to go hot take here. Um, give me the Seahawks to spoil. Oh, wow. That is uh that's an interesting take there. I know the Rams have been kind of a uh, wishy-washy at times. COVID's um, also a big reason for my pick. That is true. Um, I haven't really seen a list. I know Daryl Henderson is uh, on the COVID list. Jalen Ramsey's also on there. That's going to be huge because okay. they're not going to have him to cover DK. Or Tyler Lockett, whichever way they're planning on going with that. Um, so I could definitely see the spoiler, but I think at the end of the day, the Rams—they're a really Odell good Beckham team. Junior. Odell Beckham's also on there, but they still got Cooper Cup, and Cooper Cup's been a stud. Probably him or Jonathan Taylor's winning Offensive Player of the Year. You can book that. Um, and at the end of the day, I think the Rams are going to find a way to get it done, um, but. With all the stuff going on, I wouldn't be surprised if the Seahawks won, but I'll take the Rams to get the win here. I, I'm, I think the Rams are going to win. I can just see a world where the Seahawks, like I said, how the Seahawks can play spoiler, because if we look at their schedule down the stretch, they're 5-8 and eight right now. 
obviously they beat Houston. They have LA and Arizona left, but in between those two, they have Chicago and Detroit. Mm-hmm. And the thing with the Seahawks is like them losing is not going to help them because they traded away their draft pick. So that way they could get Jamal Adams of all people. This oh, Danny is loving that. Yeah. I mean, it's, it was a bad trade. And I mean, of course they can make that pick worse um, with the bears and the lions game. And then if they do potentially play spoiler, either the Rams or the Cardinals, that could help uh, make themselves feel a little bit better about the trade. But I mean, you have to wonder where this team is going. They can't, they they don't really have a uh, good good history of drafting very well. Um, I know they have a decent amount of cat space in the off season, and I know they have the rumors of Russ maybe wanting to get out of town, which could be possible because I mean this team. I don't know if uh, I don't know how they're going to be looking come next year, but that's going to be something to watch out for. The second that he, if they get eliminated from playoff contention, those rumors are going to start sparking again. I guarantee you. Or because even remember last time he went on Dan Patrick and said like, "Oh, hey, I'm happy, but if I were to get traded, I'd want to go to one of these four teams." And one of the, I've been saying all along, my take has been he is going to be a New Orleans Saint next year. That has been my take for a while now. Yeah, we'll and see, I mean, see what happens when the rumors popped up again. The only repeating team on there was the Saints, and I think there's something there with him and Sean Payton behind the scenes, maybe, that they might have some kind of a relationship, and uh, just the offensive scheme, maybe Russell Wilson really likes it, possibly. Um, I mean, part of me is just me dreaming that this could happen, Um, but if this were to happen, I think the Saints would have to go out and add some stuff to their offense, for sure, to make it more appealing, but... Um, that's just kind of speculation. I don't want to get too much into it because I'm going to have dreams at night about Russell Wilson in the Saints uniform. I also think that there's a chance that they can draft a, uh, they can draft, the Saints can draft a wide receiver here, but I don't want to talk about the draft right now because look, it is December. So we'll cross the bridge when we get there. But um, the the splash game, the 425 window and the four o'clock window, I should say Packers at Ravens. And I'm going to say this right now. I think the wheels are falling off in Baltimore. I just, mm-hmm. I, I think there's something there that's not exactly there. Look, I think the injuries are finally catching up to them. Because look, when you have Ronnie Stanley, when you have Gus Edwards, J.K. Dobbins, Marcus Peters, Derek Wolf, uh, who else is just getting out of that? As, the big kiss of death for me with that though was when Marlon Humphrey got hurt. When Marlon Humphrey tore his pec. that was bad. Also, too, I believe L, I want to say L.J. Fort, and I want to say. There's, I think Deshaun Elliott, but I don't, I'm not 100% sure on that. So don't, don't completely go after me if that one was wrong. But when the, I think the Ravens are just catching up, the injuries are catching up to them. I know Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers has his toe injury, but I think when it comes down to this game, I think the Green Bay defense can do enough to just disturb Lamar on Sunday. Yeah. I mean, Aaron Rodgers, he's been putting up some numbers. He's doing the normal Aaron Rodgers thing. And, the Packers are looking really good again. Possibly they could get that number one seed again for the second year in a row. And with the way this Ravens team is looking, I don't really think they're going to be able to play spoiler to the Packers plan. So um, for pretty much for all those reasons you just listed, I got to go with the Packers. I'm the same way. And um, I'm obviously, I'm going to skip a day right now because obviously I want to save what we came here for, for last because the Monday nighter is, which unfortunately Monday is my birthday, but the game is the, Bears and the Vikings. So thank you, NFL. Thank you. Happy early birthday, Griff. <laughs> Thanks, Matt. 
But with this game, like, oh God, it's just so ugly. I don't even like the Bears. I know they're a historic franchise, but like they have to throw history aside and like only allow certain team. Like you have to get in based on your record. Like next, like even last Sunday, how the Bears and the Packers were Sunday Night Football, and I get it's a historic game, but like you don't always need it to be in Sunday Night Football or be on a primetime game. Like believe it or not, this year. The Bears had more primetime games than the Patriots. The Patriots had one Sunday night football game the entire year. The Bears have had two Sunday nighters, a Monday nighter, a Thursday nighter, and then uh, actually two two Sunday nights, two Monday nights. I kind of would have liked to see them flex in the Bengals and the Broncos game here. Um, I, I don't know how possible that would be with uh, scheduling a Monday night game versus a Sunday game, which – it's probably more possible. What's that? I want to cut you off. Um, so I was actually reading up on the new TV contracts, and apparently starting either next year or in 2023, Monday Night Football games are going to be flexible after week 12. Okay, well, th- there's the answer. The, it's just probably not flexible right in, right then. Yeah. But starting next year, you could see something like that. But uh, that, would def- that would definitely be a game I would definitely like to see kind of flexed in because those two teams don't really get too much national spotlight. And since this is kind of an important game, that'd be kind of cool to see in the primetime versus uh, the Bears and the Vikings, which, uh, I mean, yeah, the Vikings are kind of in the hunt right now. Um, They're sitting there with the five, six, and seven teams in the NFC right now. So that's something to watch out for, I guess. And I guess people kind of want to watch Justin Fields and the Bears, see how they do. But um, as far as this game goes... uh, I don't really care too much. Um, like you said, you probably don't seem very enthusiastic about it yourself. Um, but at the end of the day, I'm going to go with the Vikings to uh, keep pace and keep up with those other six and seven teams. I will be at the Toronto Raptors game on Monday night. So oh, there you that, go. Answers, that answers that. But um, for this game, oh, there's a weird part of me that wants to go Bears to upset. But then I'm just like, no, I'm going Vikings, I think. The Vikings are kind of like finding a finding a rhythm at the right time. I think they, the, the Vikings, though, they're that team that I feel like they can make a run, but at the same time, too, I think it's all false hope to where they're going to have a game. Like, you know, Miami's done it for years where it's like you have to win it to stay in the hunt, but then you lose. That's going to be the Minnesota Vikings come week 17 or week 18. Yeah, I could definitely see that, um, that coming back to bite them. And, I mean, the offense, it's been pretty solid. I mean, uh, Justin Jefferson's a beast. Um Dalvin Cook's always good. I know he's had his fair share of injuries issues a little bit this season. Um, but, yeah, at the at the end of the day, for this game, um, the Bears just really don't impress me too much so far. And that, that's that's been the thing with a lot of these rookie quarterbacks, which is why i give got to give more props to the Patriots here. Um, um, they went out. They didn't get, like, the sexiest guy in the draft. A lot of people kind of made fun of them, but – at the end of the day, this guy was probably the more pro-ready prospect. Does Did he have as much um, ceiling talent as Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields? Probably not, but under the right coaching staff, it that, that's what it mainly comes down to at the end of the day, um, putting people in the right position, and that's what the Patriots did. They put him in the right position, have a good game plan for him, and it's been working really well in his favor. Yeah, it, exactly. That's I can go on and on all day about Mac Jones, but when it comes down to this game, the only thing I'm going to say is ugly, ugly, ugly under game. You know, I I agree. 
ugly under. Um. Anyway, we got one more game to talk about. We skipped over Sunday night football for a reason. It's a rivalry game. It's a game that, look, I think it means a lot to both teams because obviously the Buccaneers are still in the hunt for the one seed. Mm-hmm. Even though I'm saying that right now, I know you don't like to hear that, but I guess that's just is what it is. That's true. But the Saints are still knocking on the door. They had a bit of a bad five-game skid that they went on. They've rebounded from it a little bit. And for that, I'm going to let Matt go on and talk about his beloved New Orleans Saints. Matt, the floor is all yours. Okay, so we just beat the Jets, as I talked about earlier. Um, The Jets obviously were hurting, and they took advantage of a hurting team and beat them. And right now the Saints are definitely in a quarterback conundrum. And the the Saints went on that five-game skid, um, funny enough. Uh, the last game they won before the Jets game was against the Bucks, and I was there. It was on Halloween night, and I was all excited because we just beat the Bucks, and we're sitting at five and two, and now we're sitting here at six and seven. Um, life comes at you really quickly in the NFL. How how fast things can turn around, but I mean, over that uh, five game skid, we had so many injuries happen. We were hurt everywhere. Um, the D line was decimated. Uh, offensive was super decimated. Deontay Harris is suspended. Alvin Kamara was out. It was it was just bad all around. Uh, Trevor Simeon wasn't playing that well. We pretty much only had good offensive uh, showings whenever the defenses got lax after they had a big lead. Um, so eventually, Sean went to Taysom, and Taysom looked well enough. Um, he did hurt his finger in the Cowboys game. Um, and he's presenting rushing upside this time last season or last season when Taysom was playing, he wasn't really running the ball like we all thought he could. And so far in the past couple games, he's been running it and showing more, um, showing a more aptitude at running the ball when the pocket collapses or when the play breaks down. And that's definitely what you want to see out of him because, um, yes, he makes smart decisions with the football when throwing it. Um, he typically has a pretty good completion percentage, and that's mainly just because he just takes what the defense gives him. He do, He's not really like the best deep ball thrower. He doesn't have like the perfect ball placement, but he, he can make a read sometimes here and there, and for the most part, he makes the right ones. Um, is he the quarterback of the future for the Saints? Probably not. Do I like his contract that he signed this uh, past uh, during the season? No, I don't. Um, but mainly that huge contract number is if he becomes the permanent starter at quarterback, which I don't think, I don't think he's the guy, but, um, that, that's kind of what these next couple games are to kind of test him out and see if he is. And this is a huge test against the Buccaneers because if we're going to beat the Buccaneers, he has to go out and make plays throwing the football, not just running the football. And granted, that's a hard thing to do against a pretty good defense with the Bucks. And it's going to be hard to keep pace with the Bucks. Tom Brady has been, uh, as much as I hate to say it because he's on the Bucks, he's been so good at 44 years old. It's insane. Um, I'll be happy when he retires. He, I've only had to deal with it for two years. I don't know how uh, Jets and Dolphins and Bills fans have dealt with it for so long, but I don't have too much longer, hopefully. Um, who knows at this rate, though. But... Um, we've been the kryptonite to Tom Brady. Uh, the defense matches up well against the offense. Um, Malcolm Jenkins normally is a really good cover against uh, Gronk. Um, Chris Godwin does give us problems because we do have trouble guarding the middle of the field for whatever reason. And 
Um, mainly, it I guess it mainly just happens with Gronk being kind of covered pretty well by Malcolm and uh, Marshawn Lattimore normally having Mike Evans' number. So Chris Godwin is normally the guy that kills us. And Chris Godwin has been on a pretty nice tear recently. Tom Brady's been going to him a lot recently. Um, I think he has 15 targets in the past two games. Um, definitely something to watch out for if you are uh, have Chris Godwin in fantasy. Definitely, definitely keep starting that guy because he's probably going to be the guy who ends up beating the Saints. And, I mean, Leonard Fournette's been pretty good, too, to his credit. I don't know how well he's going to do against uh, this rush defense, which is top in the NFL. That's the one constant with this team. We're always really good at holding a team to not really being able to run the ball. But, you know, um, we're 3-0 and against Brady in the regular season. But I just don't know how I can see us winning this game. Um, I don't know if I feel as bad about it as I did the Bills game on Thanksgiving just because we have a little bit better injury luck coming into this game. Um, I think we could keep it close, um, but at the end of the day, I think the Bucks are going to win this one kind of easily, probably by about 13 points, maybe 17, somewhere around there, if I had to guess. You, you, well, the spread for this one is 11 right now. Or it's like, I think it's about bouncing back between like 10 and a half to 11. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll be honest with you. I can see a similar game to what we saw last year in the divisional playoffs. You know where it's a close game throughout, but then the Buccaneers just find a way to pull ahead and win by like by 10 points. I, I still feel like I think everyone's expecting like remember last year when everyone dunked on the Saints and the Saints were leading the division at the time. I think you I think you guys were I want to say six and two and they were six and three because they had yet to have their bye and everyone was like. Oh, it's the box time. Like I can see a similar thing Sunday where everyone's kind of expecting you guys to get walked all over, but you keep it a close game and still lose. Or even similar to what the Patriots did earlier this year with the box. You know how I think there was a lot of people expecting Tom to go in there and hang 40, but he only held like, I think he only put up 19 points in the, in that 19 to 17 win. I can see a very similar ish style game from the Buccaneers come Sunday night. And also to just considering the fact that, Look, they should have killed Buffalo, no problem. The fact that they let Buffalo creep back into that game, mm-hmm. that's a bit of that was a bit of a red flag to me just going ahead because and I know, like I said before, after this it's super easy because the Buck schedule after you guys is Panthers, Jets, Panthers. Yeah, very, very easy. Um, I guess the only other thing I have to say about this game is I know, I know last uh last season when we went into Buccaneers, we kicked their ass like that was that was one of the best games i've seen the saints play in a very long time like it was a spectacular game um but if we do beat the bucks and we end up going 4-0 against tom brady in the regular season and we beat him with this team the way it is right now i will talk so much shit about the buccaneers and tom brady for the rest of my life i don't care if they beat us in the playoffs uh the fact that if we win this game there will be some shit talking, <laughs> um, which might be the only thing I can hold my hat on with this season. But I would love for the Saints to win just for the rivalry sakes. Um, but I don't think it'll happen. That's kind of my expectations going in. You know what? I I completely get where you're coming from. I'm, I'm just looking at the way of I think I'm just going to still stick to my prediction. <sighs> I can also see a world where your defense frustrates them a little bit and forces them like not to make mistakes, but just, you know, you give Tom some trouble at times. Yeah. I mean, 
and the three games so far, uh, we've caused Tom to throw at least two picks. So uh, it's it's definitely something he has trouble with. Yep, like you guys always find a way to give him trouble and stuff. I feel like if this was a completely healthy team, that was you know Jameis and Taysom Hill. Michael Thomas was out there. Um, what is the word on Ryan Ramchek going into this game? Uh, I think he was a do not participate. Um, I don't know what's going on with him. Um, some people were kind of wondering if he should be on season ending IR, but I guess they expect him back at some point. I don't think he's going to end up playing. Teron Armstead just came back. Um, s- slowly we're getting more healthy. But uh, as far as it looks like, I think Ramchek will probably not play. Okay, okay. I just wanted to ask. Um, I feel like with him, it's one of those situations where I feel like they're going to hold out hope, but then if you guys like find, reach to a point where it's kind of like, you know what, hey, I don't think we're making the playoffs, then I think that's when you tell them to like, shut it down for the season and get ready for next year. Yeah, exactly. But if this guy, go, the only thing I was going to say was, look, if the Saints were healthier, like completely healthy, I'd pick them to probably upset this game, but... I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I I have to go Bucks. I mean, I don't blame you, man. I mean, even if we were fully healthy, um, I, I kind of don't count Michael Thomas and being fully healthy because he just has been gone for so long. And I, I don't know what it's like to have him on the field anymore at this point. And I'm going to be happy when it happens again. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's very hard to see my saints going in there and winning against the Bucks. But I mean, if it happens, I'll be exuberant. I like the wording. I like everything about that. And I think we're going to leave it at that. Like, look, we we did it all. We covered some new stuff, covered the Urban Meyer stuff, went through all the slate for Week 15. This is the first time. Now, look, this is the time of year where it's like you said, we're in the nitty-gritty. It's time to lock things down, time to get things, get this train chugging. And you know what? After this week, you're going to – the playoff picture, I think, starts to become a little bit more clear going forward. And that's one good thing to look at. Oh, yeah, definitely. I think the wild card teams are definitely still going to be kind of a toss up, especially in the NFC, um, just depending on how things break down. But it's definitely going to become a little bit more clear in the muddy water. Oh, that, that that's the other thing, too. I was about to mention, I feel like when I say that, I mean, I think we, we're going to start to get clearer pictures of teams that like with the wild card picture where you see the teams that, hey, more than likely will make it. And then there's the teams where it's like, okay, they still have a chance, but like, you know, they need this, 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 and this to happen. I yeah, feel exactly excited after this week. Um, and then the other news I actually wanted to break before we uh, got off is week 18. There's going to be two games played on Saturday, one at four 30 and one at eight 15, both on ESPN or ABC. Um, one being called by the Monday night football crew. And the other one being called by the college football crew of, Chris Fowler, Kirk Herbstreet, and Laura Rutledge doing reporting on the sidelines. So January 8th, that is good. Because here's the other thing with those two games. They're not just going to throw any games on those slides. They're going to be two games with playoff implications. So that is very exciting to see. And that's something I'm looking forward to. Very exciting. Yeah, it is very exciting. And the only other thing i got to say, guys, is I have some stuff and maybe in plans for the playoffs. We'll, we'll cross the bridge when we get there. But for now, we're going to enjoy the last four weeks of the regular season. Well, anyway, guys, that's going to wrap it up here for episode 138 of YWC Football Talk. Matt, it was a pleasure having you on again. We'll have to do this again sometime soon. So like I say, there are certain guests on here. They're always going to be the OG guests of the show. And I know Matt wasn't on until about six months through the podcast, but he has been a regular ever since.
Yes, sir. I always love coming on here and talking football. It's awesome times. I love to hear it. Well, anyway, guys, enjoy your week. Enjoy week 15. And like I said, guys, we're right. And like Matt, actually, not like I said, like Matt said, we're in the nitty gritty of football season. Have a good night, everybody. Do, did, will. The Story of People podcast is now available on the Crier Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, undercurrent podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Cryer Media Network. I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people, he, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. Had all, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all have. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast, heard around the world, and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from jeffwoodsradio.com.